Welcome to the Effects Loop. I'm Diaz. I'm Clifton. And I'm Scott. And we're keeping you in the loop of the guitar community. This episode is brought to you by Westminster FX. Check out WestminsterFX.com. Uh, I mean, I own quite a few pedals. One of my favorite is the Dually. So, I mean, even if this, we're gonna, I'm gonna read the thing because I like reading stuff. So, even if no one else has good tone, you will twice. The Dually features two Edwards overdrives smashed into one enclosure, inspired by some of the best Bluesbreaker-esque circuits. The Edwards is rife with versatility. Use the switch to select between silicone diodes, higher gain LEDs, or lift the diodes. And the dually ranges from a high quality clean boost all the way to guitarists in the hands of an angry overdrive. Now stackable without now stackable and without a kingly two year wait, like from some of the other guys. So go to WestminsterFX.com, order yourself a dually and sound amazing. Because I have one and I sound pretty darn good. You sound pretty darn okay. I will definitely pretty, say that. Pretty darn okay. Yeah, but I only know two riffs. I know Short Skirt Long Jacket from Cake and the theme song to Beverly Hills 90210. Nice. I mean, what, but I figured is, is that is that your sound check song? Yes, it actually is. I stole that from John Myers. Nice. So that so it's a great song. To, to sound check too it was really fun i used i was playing it at summer nam and people would be like i know that riff but i'm not sure exactly then every once in a while people would like really know what it is and it was pretty fun you know i'm surprised uh, like so one of my uh sound check riffs is the themes from top gun yeah that one's getting overplayed is it because like no one plays that at nam and i'm kind of surprised well probably because it's been overplayed I don't think a Steve Stevens thing is like the coolest thing to play at Summer Nam. Mm. I think that's the guy who played guitar for him. Is it Steve Stevens, Billy Idol's guitarist? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm not one to judge people at Nam because I can't hear them. So. <laughs> yeah, that is true, though. Like, you don't really hear guys play anymore. So, you like watch people play and you're like, yeah, his hands are moving. That's awesome. Yeah. Cliff, what's your uh, what's your sound check song? Uh, Bloody Mary Morning by Willie Nelson. Hmm. It's just got a, it's got a cool riff. That sounds like uh, this sounds like it'd be like a really heavy song. Yeah, <laughs> right, like a death metal song. Yeah, Willie Willie Nelson went death metal with this one. He just <laughs> he pulled out trigger and put it in drop D. It was fantastic. Well, it's <laughs> funny because I play it all the time in church, like when I'm sound checking, and nobody knows what it is you know yeah it's always great whenever you have that like obscure riff that's not christian music because i know clifton you and i probably are like in the same southern christian thing where they're like you can't play anything but church music in church yeah yeah exactly 
and like no joke i used to get in trouble all the time but the best part was i used to sneak i used to sneak riffs into the actual like service <laughs> and i always see how far i could get away with it my drummer would always be listening and he'd be like was that smashing pumpkins you played i'm like yeah it totally was yeah, uh, we, yeah, we have a guitarist um, that he'll bust out like a lot of '90s alternative stuff, and that's another thing that like people don't. I mean, a lot of church going people, especially like older people, they won't recognize any of that stuff. Yeah, some old lady comes up and was like, "Were you playing uh, some uh, Third Eye Blind? Because that yeah. was fantastic." <laughs> Were you playing yeah. Jumper? <laughs> it's like, uh that's like what's i forgot the song there's uh one of the real popular songs now uh sounds like every rose has its thorn at the beginning um, oh really yeah hmm. I can't so it's just it gc and d well yeah well like it's it's actual rhythm style but that's like uh what's there's the video on gear talk praise and worship where uh, people play the solo from Fix You for Coldplay and put it into What a Beautiful Name's Bridge. Oh, oh, my oh I put that <laughs> in so many worship songs. Dude, I do it all the time. I like Anytime they're, they're like, we're playing What a Beautiful Name. I'm like, no, I'm playing Coldplay. <laughs> you guys can have fun over there. There's a well, few and, good Coldplay riffs you can sneak into worship songs too, though. I mean, what was, what was, I, oh, was it In the River by Jesus Culture? It was like so close to a Coldplay riff. I don't know. I don't listen to Coldplay that much. Like, I'm a, I love the Scientists, and like that's about it. Their first two albums were absolutely fantastic. Like just they lost me on Viva La Vida. Yeah, that's about where I kind of stopped like loving them. I like I still when like Coldplay. I the word, do, 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 do. No, I can't do it. It was it was getting too like poppy. I liked it when back whenever they were like kind of melancholy. I, you know, you might like Ghost Stories. It's a lot more subdued. Okay. And so it's like cold play on, you know, a morphine drip. Uh, it's it's more like hey, we were listening to like some ambient techno music and started coming up Ooh. with some interesting like ambient stuff. I don't know. I'll have to check it out. Give it a tr- give it a try. Okay. It's not like a it's it's like good stuff to like work or like have background music. Okay. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll have to check it out. I think this episode, we're just, let's not even talk about stuff. Let's just chat about music and randomness. Let's this, riff it, right? Is this Diaz yeah, Needs riff, to Talk um, episode two? Yeah, but I don't want to talk about politics or anything. I just want to talk about how I feel about music. Oh, so, anyone have any new stuff? Because I know I don't. I figured we can just kind of like open classroom on this one raise your hand no okay I, I am raising my hand i just turned my camera off well sounds like you made bad decisions uh, <laughs> undecided okay well what did you get new Scott? uh so we talked about this last week how i was on the fence of whether i should do something or not and i did it oh yeah that's right so i have in my hands right now a Revolta Combinita or Combinata. You know, I should probably know how to pronounce the name of the guitar I bought. Nah. But uh, Combinata 17, so it is the La Trim option. Nice. Well, Dual Pint E90s. That's a beautiful guitar. Got it in the natural finish with binding. Yeah. 
the I love the uh, the inlays on it because mm-hmm. they're like they're full block like oh they go to no the edge tra- yeah yeah no trapezoid or anything like it is straight up edge to edge it's very it reminds me of Rickenbacker but it's not Rickenbacker yeah there was another brand that it kind of reminded me of and I can't remember exactly what it is oh, I think it should it remind me- you of a Novo. Because the body design is very reminiscent of the Novo design. Because both are... this. I mean, this is Eastwood building Dennis Fano designs. Okay. So, it, you know, it's got the... It's got that thick poly that you get from some overseas makers. So I'm mm-hmm. still debating if I like that or not. Um, I might wind up uh, steel wooling the neck. So, we'll see. Oh, uh, uh, you're going to have to keep it forever then. Yeah, I mean, Unless that's kind of the thing where it's like, do I want to start modding it or do I just want to dial it in and then make my decision? So, yeah. So, I, wait, wait. it's probably... made by Eastwood? Yeah, Eastwood's been making them. I hmm. thought Revolt, I thought it was a different brand. So, Revolta is owned by Dennis Fano, wow. so it's like associated okay. with Novo, right? Right. Um, that's what. That's where I'm getting confused. I but, thought it was a. An... Yeah, Eastwood is making them for them overseas. Interesting. So, okay. it's like does... the discount uh, Novo. Well, Eastwood, aren't they Canadian? Possibly, but they're built overseas. Okay, so they're they're just using one of the is it is it a Korean factory? Probably. Okay. Like the finish feels identical to like a Schecter or like an Epiphone. Okay. So like you know that like kind of thick plasticky feel that you kind of get from the finish. Oh, yeah. Now this is I'm it's not sticking. But I'm also I haven't played it on stage, so like I don't actually know how like my hands are, you know. Like if you if you were to like ding it into something, it would chip the clear coat. It wouldn't actually chip the finish. Uh, probably. I mean, there's no finish on this guitar other than the clear coat. So. Okay. Well, if there was a finish. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Okay. But it's not Clifton, gonna you, it's not yeah. gonna dent the way like nitro does. Yeah. Clifton, have you gotten anything new, buddy? I've got a few pedals that I've gotten over this this whole COVID thing. Yeah. Um, let's see. The first one I got was a Donner um, Wave Delay, I think is what it's called. It's like their miniature pedals. Mm-hmm. And I saw, I actually, so what it was, Ryan did like his uh, Fortaboard series from 60 Cycle Home. And um, he had one of the Donner delays on there and i thought it sounded good and i went to look for it and it was like not available anymore was it the yellow one was it the it's the green, yellow fall right? maybe yeah, yeah i've got the green one i've got the green one the yellow fall has like the the like nuclear waste thing on it doesn't it or whatever like or something that re- reminisces like fallout yeah it's got the radioactive symbol on it right okay well so he didn't so i couldn't find it at the time and this is like when you know we were ordering like we weren't going out for anything and like i was ordering mm-hmm. everything on amazon i couldn't find it so i saw the wave delay i uh, looked at some uh demos and like in the blues had done one and some other people had and i was like well that sounds pretty good it sounds like an analog delay even though it's digital you know yeah. and this that and the other and i was like i'll give it a try it sounds pretty good um I, I don't like how little the nods are though. Cause I'm used to like with a delay that doesn't have tap tempo, like being able to, mani- you know, manipulate the knobs with my feet a little bit. Oh yeah. The you, just, ones. you just can't do that with this one. Oh, and they put the time centered. So it's not even easy to like, 
do the side of your foot trick on them. Yeah. yeah. You could always find one of those, uh, what are the um, little... Wingman? Yep. Do they have a wingman that fits a mini knob? Uh, with enough super know. glue? Any, any, it'll fit any knob. Well, okay. I like that. There you go. We just solved your problem, Clifton. Well, I'll have to look at that. Um, so it's the like next pedal therapy. I got... Apparently it's a bucket brigade chip, by the way. Is oh, that's it? cool. Yeah. Nice. Which I, I nice. don't, be- I actually don't believe that just based on the price because of... Like, yeah. Knowing that four chips or two chips to four chips on a, on a Chase Bliss pedal <laughs> costs, what, $200? I doubt a $35 or oh, $65. Oh, this is not as cheap of a Donner pedal as I thought it was. Anyway. Yeah, because they've got Bucket Brigade. Okay. I, I... We'll let Jason correct us later. Well, okay. I think I did pay about 35 bucks for mine. But, uh... <laughs> nice. Yeah, there's one at Guitar Center for 30 bucks. Okay. So, so I got that one and then, and then, um, I was on Facebook Marketplace, and this was probably a few months ago, but uh, there was a Russian black, black Russian muff, um, like the like the big oversize, mm-hmm. like, and the orientation is like swapped on it, where like you know your cables go the other way, yeah. like a fuzz face. Yeah, and it's uh, it's a really cool sound and pedal because I'm not big on fuzz, and then um. I also, oh, before that, I bought the Gale by Spruce FX. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good pedal because um, you can you can kind of get some cleanish tones, you know, like some overdriven tones out of that and then go like full fuzz if you want to. Um, and then the last pedal I got was a Keeley Omni for Father's Day. And uh, so it's like a meat and potatoes, like three reverb you know like plate um i think it's plate hall and spring so nice oh yeah no i mean keely makes some amazing stuff i wanted i still want their filaments oh yeah that's a good one i want to try out their echoes the new one yeah yeah i want that one so bad yeah i still want see because i fell in love with it back whenever it was the original echoes because this is a redesign are you talking about like the mech, like the mag echo? No, there was an actual echoes pedal. Okay. Um, and it like, I'll have to, I'll send it to you. Uh, for the listeners at home, y'all can Google. Uh, there was an original pedal called the echoes, and it was a dual delay, and uh, it was like a dual tape delay, which pretty much I think the current one is too. But the current one has a way has way more expanded features. Mm-hmm. And but uh, uh, there ever since they announced the first one, I've wanted one. That's like a, one of those pedals that you could probably sit down and get lost in. Yeah, like you you like look up and it's been like four hours, and you're like, I've just been playing Pink Floyd for four hours. What is going on? Yeah, well, I played it at Winter Nail, um, and you know, the Keeley booth there is like insanely busy and. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, you're fighting for just like a minute or two before you're like, I need to move on. But uh, I really dug it. But his his headphone station did not sound very good. Oh, um, but I could tell even then, like it was a good pedal. Yeah. Yeah, I really want to mess with one. 
So Robert Keeley, if you happen to be listening, oh. I'm your muted. headphones suck. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> no, Cliff, Cliff, Cliff just threw shade board. on our show. He's you've grown <laughs> so much. I'm so proud. Clifton's like, if you're on my show, I'm going to treat you with respect. But if, if I'm talking about you on another show, gonna poop game on. on. Yeah, yep. game on. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I haven't gotten anything new. So, I've, I've, you know what I did get new? I got a new store that I have to fix and that is to encompass my life. So, I got that going for me. Nice. But let's uh let's talk about some gear news we uh we're missing chris this week so i guess we're not gonna roll some d20s for fun good but we uh sorry not good that chris isn't here but good we're not rolling dices yeah say die. what you want dices die rolling rolling dies no i believe it's die is a singular dice is the plural correct right we're rolling dice all right yeah I'm pretty sure that's what I said. Why do you, you got me confused? Because All you right. messed me up with Berenstein Bears for like, which I'm still staying Berenstein. Uh, it's Berenstein. Ruining my childhood. Yeah, sorry about that, dude. Um, I'm trying to think of some other good ones. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Mandela Effect later on. Uh, so Reverend launches the Ron Ashton signature. And I will give someone ten bucks right now if they can tell me who Ron Ashton is. Played for the Stooges. Not looking it up. Uh, well, I don't know. This 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 guitar is like, it looks like something they've already made, but they've got three lightning bolts on the top uh, one. So it reminds me a bit of the Double Agent. Yeah, that's it. Um, but this has triple P90s. Yeah, so the pickup config's different. It feels like the top horn is extended. I don't know. I don't know. It's got an offset vibe. It's got a strat, kind of strat style trim. So I mean, if you're into offsets, this might be what you're looking for. I don't know. I I mean, I like the orange. I I, the the lightning bolts is like the only kind of deal breaker for me. Well, you also just got into P90s with that Revolta, like yeah. This actually has nothing to do with the fact that it's P90. I did. I just take the orange. And the I, I do yeah i do like that orange i used to have a gretch uh, g3161 that was that color yeah and uh fox cairo would love this andrew renard uh were you just showing off that you know how to pronounce the company name no i just i i blanked on his name at first didn't remember the company uh, but okay, he's mr orange guitars so is uh yes. actually and it's shoot, that. who might be listening john ross you should check this out does john listen to the show yeah was it love, Al, uh, Albie from Sonosoid is an orange guy too, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I just know John was uh, talking on his show about um, he's been chasing down a cyclone that's orange. Like that's okay. his like white whale that you just can't seem to find because apparently you can't find them ever since John Frusciante played one in a Red Hot Chili Peppers video. Uh, so, the Fender Cyclone? Yes. Don't they, didn't they reissue those? Not in orange. Okay. And they're squires now. Are they? Yep. Unless, well, uh, unless the lineup that we're talking about later in the player series, um, we'll hasn't. see. That's some All foreshadowing right. of an event we might not get to because I put it at the bottom of the list. Probably. Well, speaking of events that we might not get to, Reverend also launched the new Pete Anderson signature. So it's Reverend's doing uh, Gretsch. Now, money to anyone who knows who Pete Anderson is. 
Uh, he is uh, of the Anderson family. From I, I saw this. He uh, oh gosh, he played for Dwight the last... Yoakam. Dwight yeah, Yoakam. the Meat Puppets, Jackson Brown, and Buck Owens also. Yeah, that's a very different kind of different Dwight Yoakam to the Meat Puppets. So you got country. You got the Meat Puppets, which are grunge, uh, pre grunge. grunge. Yeah. Yeah, Jackson Brown, which is, I mean, kind of his own thing. And then Buck Owens, who is a person. Yeah, I'd really be curious how, I mean, being this a, this a, a full hollow Bigsby dual filtertrons kind of a vibe? Or are they, are they PAF style humbuggers? Uh, they're supposed to be... Um, kind of uh, i guess they're kind of filtertrons but the thing that's crazy about this is that you know the everyone's always worried about whenever you got those full hollow bodies uh-huh. uh with feedback apparently they put in a new uh, pr- uh design called a unibrace or unibrace so okay. it's supposed to help address feedback but it also enhances sustained durability and clarity it says so i wonder so, is it like a like a faux center block yeah probably that could be cool uh, yeah i you know the headstocks remind me of uh yamaha yeah they kind of do i don't i they think remind- i think reverend so first off reverend keeps growing on me and they've been around for so long now that you're not like oh it's a fly-by-night company you know uh, what i mean yeah. like i think we're going to see more people Especially as certain brands kind of start to tick people off, start looking at things like Reverend more. Um, I don't know. I've I had a you know I had a Reverend, and I just did not like it. Oh really? Yeah, I did. I didn't like the neck. It had really sharp edges on the neck. Um, oh, that can be just dealt with. with. Yeah, but if I'm buying a guitar, I don't want to like fight with it when i first get it i mean yeah i have a like the revolta i uh i took an exacto knife to the binding to yeah. just kind of round off the top edge because they were kind of sharp too and mm-hmm. i was like oh well you know it it's a it's a sub thousand dollar guitar so i'm 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 willing to put a little bit of work into it to get it where i want it um yeah if, if i it think were, it was because yeah if it was I, a three thousand dollar guitar like if my prs needed to be fret like uh like I need the frets fixed. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me with how much this thing costs. You know? Yeah. Right. Well, the, I think the big thing was at the time everyone was like, "Oh, Reverend, 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 Reverend." Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just didn't get it. The neck felt dry. Um. Hmm. I, I, I don't know. It, the also the radius was very flat on that guitar, and I didn't care for it that much. Which is odd because you're a Gibson guy. Yeah, like it, it felt almost like Ibanez flat though. Wow. So, I mean, Gibson still has a you know slight curve to it. Yeah, twelve inch. Mm-hmm. Where's like I believe. At, like uh, sixteen? I think is where Ibanez gets up to. Am I wrong? I'm not sure. But yeah, it it almost had that like real f- flat feeling, and I don't know. I just didn't bind. You know, I just didn't fall in love with it i got i traded actually i traded a gretch for it which is kind of funny um so i don't know oh do we see a price tag on these uh 
Pete Anderson's? Um, I didn't see one. Mm, nope, that's the wrong link. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what, 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 like, here's my thing. 1500. Okay. Oh. The Gretsch Electromatic series mm-hmm. can be had for 400, 450. Mm-hmm. Um,. It would have to be a whole lot better than that for me to jump on something. Yeah, I mean, like that. you're competing with like Gibson Memphis series yeah. at that price at 1500 or yeah. Eastwood or yes. uh, or is it Eastman is the nice one? Yeah, Eastman, Eastman has nice a Simahalia. Yeah. yeah. Did you know there's a Greg Koch signature? Well, does it have his Fluence pickups in it? Um, I don't know. I'm looking it up. Uh, yeah, Fishman Signature Gristletown Pickups. Yeah. And it is a tally that actually looks pretty amazing. It's got a nice roasted maple neck. It will twang, uh, you know. It, it will. I mean, if I buy it, I will play like him, so that's what matters. Yeah, instantly. Like, <sighs> even if you, no preparation, just buy the guitar, plug yeah. it in. You'll be able to chicken pick. I, uh... <laughs> I'm actually pretty interested in this guitar. I like it. Do you still have a telly? It's, it's dismantled at the time. The American Deluxe. Yeah. Man, we gotta get we gotta get that fixed. Yeah, I really need to at some point. I miss that guitar. Well, that was depressing. So let's move on to something else that's kind of depressing. <laughs> Um, I, 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 I can multimedia announces a compact version of its axe io audio interface um i don't know well i was looking at that and and oddly enough like okay so i'm in like this running chat with like my cousins mm-hmm. and and they're all musicians and uh my cousin tim he was talking about you know, wanting to get a nice interface and all this kind of stuff. And my other cousin had like, just got like this universal audio, like really freaking expensive mm-hmm. unit. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to tell us, like, he's trying to convince us, like, we need that. Okay. And I'm not sold on it. Like maybe Cliff, I'm can just... you tell that, tell that train to be quiet. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, it's all good. I just felt like, <laughs> I just thought it would be really funny. <laughs> I, like, it was, like, actually, it sounds like, good enough where i was like about to listen I'm like wait is there a train near my house because i'm near train tracks too <laughs> um wait okay go ahead continue i'm sorry so anyways so like my cousin he's got like this behringer like dirt cheap unit mm-hmm. and he's trying to um you know way out getting something better and he was kicking back like there's this audience and then there's universal audio units and there's like a 300 dollars difference in them yeah universal and- audio is like it's their their stuff's legit but that price tag well and my thing is like this is where i'm like i just my mind bogs down in that because everybody's coming out with a new interface all the time Mm -hmm. and i'm like it has got to be like at some point an uh, analog to digital converter has to be as high quality as it can get right Uh, uh it keeps getting better does but it? it's okay. diminishing returns. 
Well, that's 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 my point. Is like how much better, and can can your eye? I mean, can your ear really hear? It? And if you're just in the business of producing demos at home, like a focus rate's fine. Yeah, yeah that's what I use. <laughs> and, Listen, and, we and make so, a podcast that like twenty people may listen to at some point in history, and I'm using a, a focus right. We're going to yeah, blow I mean, Diaz's mind when he actually learns how many people listen to this podcast. <laughs> more or less. It's more. Dozens and dozens. Dozens? No, I keep track of the, uh, <laughs> the listens, and it's it's always pretty interesting to see uh, how many people listen every month. We're going in waves with COVID. Like, we were surging yeah. at one point, and then it went back down again, so... Who knows? If, listen, if you're stuck at home in quarantine, we can leave all of our back episodes up. Go through. Have fun. Listen to the journey. You'll hear Clifton like at different times in his life. It's a lot of fun. He's been on quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, most of, I usually don't talk this much on your show. So I know this has been awesome. <laughs> We're being very disciplined. <laughs> well, um, yeah. I don't know what point I was trying to make other than. Like, I just don't understand, like, you know, these companies keep coming out with just repackaging these interfaces. And at some point it's like, <laughs> why do we need another interface? Well, the, the funnier part is in the discount side of the world, a lot of them have the same innards and most people don't yeah. realize that. Or and when I say they have the same innards, it's not like the same circuit board, but they'll have the same chips. Yeah. Because there's yeah. only so many DACs out there in the world. And there's like, and like at a certain level, people start like bragging about what chips they're using so you'll start seeing like burr brown transistors and that kind of stuff but you know this is I not have doritos yeah um <laughs> and so at this discount level this kind of half rack sized unit that seems to be kind of a popular size it's really about just shifting up the varieties of ins and outs to yeah. find what works for whatever person does because in these compact sizes, it's all about portability or just kind of disappearing yeah. in the desk. And so you don't want to be paying for something you're not using. Right. That's the whole packaging on that. Now, this right. one's a little interesting because what, what sets this one apart is they have two modes that are kind of intentionally crappy PM, uh, uh, preamps. Um, and when I say crappy, I just mean more vintage or just not pristine right. preamps. And so you have a Class A preamp. So... When you think about like old guitar amplifiers, those are class A style amps. So it has nothing to do with like the component quality. It has to do with the distortion characteristic of what, like when you start right. cranking it, it starts kind of giving subtly versus yeah. a lot of like classically like pristine audio is like great, 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 great sucks. Right. Yeah. Like it just, you slam it and it doesn't work. So that's what that's about. And then there's also a JFET mode on this thing, which is another um, sort of a coloration buffer kind of symbol signal on it so that's the idea of it so i think what it's really meant to do is just make act as a good di for guitar players versus like if you plug straight into a focus right it doesn't sound that good you need uh -huh. to put a pedal in front of it or you need to do you need to put a buffer in front of it to kind of clean up the signal if you're going to play direct and like use like an amp sim so that's the idea behind these so okay. I, well, that would make sense. Uh, being, you know, they have like the software that goes with all that, like mm -hmm. the the modeling. Um, I, I, I saw where they were trying to hone in on the reamping feature. 
Yeah, that's a different model of theirs, but okay, that's another great like a a way to repackage that same device to say, hey, it reamps really well, and that's all it does. So, um, yeah, by all means, that's it, it's it's a smarter way to do it because most audio interfaces for the longest time were like, here's all microphone inputs, and that's all you care about. Right. And well, I I like it whenever well. it's. I love the like on the focus right. It's the dual input. Mm-hmm. It's either the XLR or quarter inch, or the combo jack. Yeah, that. Yep. Yeah. Like this, this, this doesn't have that. No, this is like strictly guitar players. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all about the uh, knob to bright color LED ratio, and I think they're doing oh, yeah. great on this. <laughs> <laughs> see, I only have. Let's see how many knobs I have. I've only got four knobs. This one has five. So I've got and some buttons. I've got nine. Oh, showing off. Well, I have an eight-channel deck, so. Oh, well, Clifton's like, I'm on an iPhone. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, actually, they got rid of my button. <laughs> like, oh, all my, <laughs> and and they got rid of your headphone jack. Uh, still sour about that Apple. still sour i really don't i really don't care i use bluetooth so well it got me to switch to bluetooth but i still miss a wired headphone jack why i usually just ended up tripping you you like... never have to you never have to charge them yeah and uh honestly they get louder and they sound better okay well I, well i have i mean i've just got the the wired one that goes into the lightning jack you know I'm I'm basic. Scott can't keep track of his dongle. <laughs> That's the, the hardest problem. Yep. Well, let's huh? let's uh let's keep moving here. Yeah, speaking of not being able to keep track of your dongle, oh, I was about to say that, and I was like, uh, no. Anyway. Okay. Well, I I I. I took I jumped on the grenade on that one. All right. So solid cold effects launches the Oblivion, a highly controllable flanger. Here's my question. Is are we gonna see a flanger comeback? If if so, jump on all the Chase Bliss ones uh, because yeah. they'll shoot up in value once flanger becomes popular. I don't know. We saw we see the high end flangers get really popular once in a while. So like, was it Thorpey came up with one about six months ago, and that got that got a lot of praise because it was kind of like closer to like what a an electric mistress sounds like. Yeah. Okay. One of my favorite ones is always gonna be the. Uh, well, the, the Ibanez one, I think it's Ibanez that made it. The, uh, oh, what's the guy from Mr. Big? He just did the thing with Gilbert. JHS. Paul, yeah, Paul Gilbert. He's got his, like, uh, signature flanger from them. I just, I don't know. Flanger's, like, one of those weird effects that, like, I only would use it whenever I'm playing Blink-182 stuff. Gotcha. So, isn't it? I, I can't even remember. Like the only thing I think of when I think of flanger or phaser and stuff is like the guy from Alabama. Um, what? Play it. Yeah, like the country band Alabama. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to picture Alabama doing flanger. You know that one guy I, from Alabama, the state. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, <laughs> come on, Bill. You know I can't Bill. remember. Something Steel, I think, is his name. Um. Remington. I could be wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just off base here, but I th- that's what I think of when I think of flangers, like that that kind of cheesy country, like 
over sat you know done over too too much of it that's what i think of when i think of slander but like cosmic country's getting hot now so you know that kind of sounds starting to come back oh oh, no 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 i remember back in the day when creed used to add flanger to the entire track no that was (laughs) actually a really crappy mp3 you downloaded from napster (laughs) <laughs> no i had the cd it was on the entire track it's like it's like they ran the master through the flanger it's with the flanger wide open did they do like the arms a, wide I, open i wonder if they did like a tape saturator and that created some flanger in the process possibly i don't know it was not great and they should never do that again so going back to the now that we talked about uh flanger from all over the place Solid Gold Effects, I haven't played a pedal by them I haven't liked yet, so I'm really curious to get my hands on this. It, it seems like Solid Gold Effects, everything they put out is solid gold. Yeah. Yes. That was awesome. So, no, but it's got like, so it's got three operating modes. It's got a classic through zero, reminiscent of vintage flangers. It's got a bi-flange which gets that like fluid spacey sound and a modern quad flange that drives full on into producing otherworldly modulated sweeps. That's what I, I, you know, let's take flanger to the next level. Four of them. I want four flange. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's a double pedal format. So you do have, I believe it's a tap tempo, right? Um, there's a hold and ramp. Okay. It's a ramp. There's a hold break. Yeah. And a tap. Yeah. It does have a tap. So like they both switches also have a secondary function. If you hold them on, you've got a ramp or a break. And the only thing this is short of is presets. You got yeah. full CV where that can be. You can switch what it does. I mean, this is a seriously powerful function. I mean, how many six knobs to control everything too? So um, if you like Flanger, this is the deep dive. I feel like this is also would be great for someone who isn't sure that if they like flanger because you can just get probably any sort of sound that you would want. I want to see that. I want to see somebody like Mark Johnston like mess with that. Yeah. That's what I want to see. Well, given that solid gold, you should see a few fo- see a few of the demoers run around with this thing soon. Like there's yeah. any there's an indie oh. demo already out there. Um so so yeah alex if you want you know you want to send us a demo yeah that'd be great um i'm trying to figure out so the bass player and um vocalist for alabama his name is teddy gentry and i'm trying to figure out if he has anything to do with the band montgomery gentry from maybe they're from montgomery alabama no montgomery gentry uh was those two guys right and then like the one died in a helicopter crash recently oh wow okay that was um kind of depressing yeah i I, but i don't know if they're based out of montgomery alabama or i don't know oh that's right yeah um let's see where they're from they're from kentucky oh well that's eddie montgomery and troy gentry it's because his last name okay yeah it's like brooks and dunn okay yeah 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 no uh the troy gentry he passed away in 2017 and that's kind of crazy i remember that that was kind of uh that was pretty intense matt lesson learned don't get in helicopters i mean yeah we lost kobe to a helicopter i know i know steve ray vaughn 
That was an airplane, wasn't it? No, it was a helicopter. Was it? Uh, Randy oh. Rhodes. Really? Okay. Yeah. No, they they crashed the helicopter into. Uh, yeah, they crashed the helicopter. Uh, was it? Is that into the side of the bus? I know. Well, I just know it was a it was a helicopter accident. Yeah. Lesson oh, learned, though: if you're a rock star, don't get on a helicopter. Or small airplanes. Yes, like fly commercial. Or Air Force One. That one yeah. has not gone down yet. <laughs> the the success rate of Air Force One has been phenomenal. That's uh, all I saw this documentary of this one time terrorist took over it, and the president himself had to fight them all off. <laughs> um, uh, are you talking about the one that had uh, the guy from Fifth Element? <laughs> Uh, yes, it, he he was in both movies. No, it was when we elected that paleontologist who raided all those temples to be president. Yeah, no, no, that yep. that's it. And then the Fifth Element guy was trying to kill him. Oh yeah, okay. He just had more hair in this movie. Yeah. I need to watch this. <laughs> this isn't a real movie. It's a it, dream we I, had. I, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> the, the the name has nothing to do with the plot of the movie. It's called Air Force One. <laughs> Oh man, I've heard of that. Um, I've never seen it. Get off my plane. Okay, really quick, funny thing. Um, There's a comedian, Stephen Wright, who does a joke about he goes to a video store and he's like, hey, I want to rent this movie I saw. It's got Nicolas Cage and he's in a submarine, but it's made of styrofoam, so it won't sink. And like he like goes into this whole elaborate thing and the guy's like, that's not a movie, that's a dream you had. He goes, how do you know that? He said, because you're in here last week trying to rent the same thing he goes all right i'll be in next week tell me if you get it in <laughs> like i mean at the rate nick cage makes movies it's bound to be reality at some point right yeah like the, he's in a submarine that's that won't sink i just saw a thing that, on the rock and i'm like i need to watch that movie again you know what it's so crazy like everyone's like wants to bash nicholas cage or it's like but dude dude gave I, us some, uh, I mean face off I mean, Great. they literally took his face off. Plot. Sorry, I didn't mean to ruin the movie for anyone there. It, <laughs> it's also weird foreshadowing if you see any George Travolta movies modernly now. But anyway, is it I'm... John Travolta had a really bad facelift? Oh well, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you watch that, uh, the O.J. Simpson thing. Oh my gosh, I love that. Terrible in it. Oh yeah, he looks pretty rough. Is it, I think he's getting a divorce right now too. No, didn't his wife just die? Yeah, she oh, died. That's, never yeah. mind. That's what it was. Sorry, my bad. Like last week. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean they're not together anymore. So I'm talking about people dying, man. We're really depressing on this show. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the COVID nineteen version where we talk about <laughs> that's horrible. All right. Well. Let's, let's also, see. during all, this whole interlude, I've been listening to Denvo's. Denvo's demos of the oblivion and okay. i want one yeah and now i'm trying to well, figure out if i can fit one on my board well speaking of dying i'm dying to try out this new product bad cat amplifiers unsheaths the paw a boutique desktop amplifier okay i don't feel like they're making this i feel like this is something that they're having uh they're licensing yeah they're having made in some little sweatshop and they're just putting their name on it and sending it out. Well, what's I, the price? What's the price point? First of all, eight hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Exactly. And if it's not made by, I, 
I mean, the whole thing is, is it's a hybrid amp. Seeing, yeah, they're not. I don't think they're making this. I think it's pretty dang cool they have an EF eighty six preamp, but uh, I mean, did, did, is that what? Uh, no, no, no. Because Savox so was known for the EF eighty six preamp, and they like played with some solid state power yeah. amp sections. This like, is uh, this is oh yeah. So it's a combination of EF eighty six with two twelve AX sevens. Okay. Uh, I mean, this is kind of. I, I would say the. Milkman is kind of the one who paved the way for some of the stuff where Milkman starts saying, "Well, we can do it. We can do a pretty cheap preamp. Let's let's start doing good um, hybrid amps, essentially. Like, and okay. so we saw was it the half pint? Yeah, is their hybrid one, and then now the Milkman the amp, and they where they made it a pedal version. I mean, so that's there, and so now that. I think these other companies are just like, all right, well, here's the class D power section. And also this one offers a lot of like IO in terms of like, uh, it's got two XLR outputs. It can have, it's got 16 impulse responses preloaded into it and, and it can do more via USB. So it is that like practice amp that you can also record with really easily kind of model. I could see praise and worship guys jumping all over this, to be honest with you. Maybe. Um, I wouldn't buy it. Never would buy it. I, think, I feel like Bad Cat's kind of fallen out of the trend, though. Yeah, are they part of the, the boutique? Yeah, they or the boutique amps with, like, Morgan and uh, yes. Wampler uh, and, and that group? Okay. Yeah. Are they? The, the, well, the, I, so the thing with Bad Cat was, um, well, I know that everyone wants the Samson era Bad Cats, which I guess there was a guy named Samson that was like making them mm -hmm. and then they cut his hair and he wasn't able to make it amps yeah. anymore so <laughs> sorry that was a biblical joke that was actually fantastic I, I i have to take a second to like applaud myself but anywho um there was a big issue with quality control at one point i believe and they started making there was a line of pedals that were made overseas or not pedals sorry line of amps that were made overseas that kind of bombed and I know at one point they had a there was a guy who was a pretty popular guy on some of the gear groups who was uh, a salesman for them, and some stuff kind of went down. I'm not sure. I think he separated with the company, and it just kind of got really icky at one point. Okay. So that's really. I mean, honestly, I don't know any details. I that that's like total observation, just me perusing groups. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I See, wouldn't. Be I always associated Bad Cat with Nashville, and now they're based out of Costa Mesa, California. So I'm assuming they got bought, right? Oh uh, yeah, they've. I'm pretty sure they've switched owners once or twice. Hmm. I believe, but I believe Bad Cat's one of those brands that went to not making their own stuff. Right. Right. So, I mean, it is what it is. I just think that uh, $800 for this might be a little steep. I don't know, 60 watt hybrid amp? And it's got, what does it have in it? Is it like eight inch or six and a half inch or something? Two six inch speakers. That's where I am eh, on. Yeah. Right. Like there's going to have to be some type of EQ on the six inch speaker to kind of get it to sound right. Right. 
um, which could be happening. It's a class D amp, so there could be some type of filtering in there where they like correct for the difference. I, you know, right. Speakers are getting small all the time and sounding good. It's just getting them to sound right. And so, you know, if they're applying modern tech in there, which they already are, because it's not an all analog circuit anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah. Could happen. I would be a lot more comfortable with a 10 inch or something like that. Yeah. Well, so this is just where I get at it is like this, how, how much is a hot rod deluxe these days, which used to be everyone's first tube amp. Is that like 700 uh, bucks, 800 bucks? Yeah. 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 Okay. If you were going to play in church or something like that, would you get a hot rod deluxe now? Or would you get one of these where you could just do a direct in and it sounds fantastic because you have a speakers, a proper speaker sim. So, I mean, like, I can see this being that attractive, like, first tube-ish amp. This uh, is not... No. This is not sell your Marshall, you know? Um, I'm going to say no. these these are going to be, like, an oddity that 15, 20 years from now, like, I can scoop it up in a pawn shop for 150 you know, dollars. I think that's what it's going to be. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Speaking of seeing, let's see what's next on the list. <laughs> <laughs> that was All right. So Groove Gear unveils the Capsule Duo, a dual capacity hard case. Okay. Number one, Groove, spelled G-R-U-V, unveils the Capsule k-a-p-s-u-l-e duo it's literally like they got someone who is currently learning english as a second language and they <laughs> said sound it out yeah but on saying that they look pretty cool i i kind of like them um i'm a little concerned with i don't know how much padding is in between the guitars yeah. i don't i don't like the idea of their uh, a healthy amount Okay. Well, it's I guess it's that they're um I'm so used to like the guitars you putting them back to back. Yeah. These are laying on top of each other pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Clifton's, Clifton's going to get us my trim. Clifton's get getting in the car. It's about to get serious. <laughs> yeah. I'm proud of you for turning on the air conditioning and not pulling to Kevin. He's like honk twice if the episode's over. <laughs> I had so, to get some AC, man. It's it's like 85 <laughs> degrees out here at dark, and I'm sweating up a storm. Yeah. So you know what this reminds me of is actually a lot of the like higher end cases for um, like orchestra members. Okay. Because it's got wheels on it. It's got backpack straps, but it's like this semi kind of hybrid hard and soft case kind of a design. I mean, and it's also $500 which yeesh, but D didn't uh mono had like a dual guitar case yeah there, theirs is a gig bag but it's pretty rigid yeah um because that's what i use as my usual carry um yeah it, i can definitely see this being the person who flies with their guitars i think this could be that that's the target market okay yeah how much are these running? $500. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Uh, I forgot to say fudge that. 
I censor myself because yeah. Clifton's on the show and he's a good person. Well, also, but also remember all uh, like the SKB, like TSA series are all in the 250 to 300s just for a single case. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, this this also has a Bovita two-way humidity control compatibility with it. So those like the magic gel packs that you put in acoustic guitar cases, uh, Bluetooth tracker inside of it, like a... It's not a tile, but it's another brand, but it's one of those kind of things. I just go to the shoe store and grab the little packets out of the shoes. And just throw those in a bunch in the, in the case. Yeah, that's not what you want to be doing. Oh, uh, okay. Actually, usually your case will come with one of those. And like, they're always like, I have humidity problems. And the, you know, the, they'll go in and they'll find your the desiccant pack. And they're like, uh, you should have taken this out. So. Oh. Why do they even put it in it then? Uh, to like help the glue harden, I think. Okay. Okay. Wow. Speaking of why did they do that? Let's uh <laughs> take a step over. Dunlop has announced another one of their um, Crybaby mini series with the auto returning wah. Why did they do that? Why did they do that? Honestly, though, um, I do love the fact that it's a. So this is. I'm guessing this is kind of like the bad horsey. Where it's like spring loaded. Yep. Uh, I I kind of would want that a lot actually. Well, what's kind of nice about it is it it defaults to off. Yes. And well, so, so does the the, the so does the bad horsey. Yeah, but like a normal crybaby, you gotta do that click on off at the front of it. Yeah, I kind of hate that. And it's at the top of its range too, so the cl the click is always loud. Yeah. Very audible. But, Speaking of very audible, that was my dog. Yep. So this is $150, which is uh, pricey. Let's cry, baby. Moving on. Fender has announced four oh, new yes. guitars to the player series. Guys, 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 we made it. We made it to this part of the segment. <laughs> I didn't even fall the asleep. Best part. So we've uh, got... Uh, a duo sonic didn't we talk about one of these before i feel like they did a player series duo sonic like a year and a half ago they just keep well i know we talked about a duo sonic recently or something along the lines of that. uh did they do one in the squire series probably yeah oh i'm sorry this on this episode of fender's recycled stuff um is gonna get mad at fender it's gonna be great it's the same damn thing, just different pickup configurations and different hardware. T.S., you just said Gibson apologies. No, Gibson's the same thing, except for you can't change the neck on it. <laughs> like, I mean, shoot. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, Fender and Gibson are just doing the same recycled stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'll give it, I mean, I'll give it to the other companies. They're at least doing other companies' recycled stuff. <laughs> They're coming out with their own telecasters and uh gretches just slapping their name on it i don't know yeah i can't say much every time there's like a new body shape though we all hate it so we, yeah and then it slowly is, grows on you you know and then like it goes the, out of production and then you're like oh i can never find one well now that i'm like watching this stuff i'm like man the fender meteora wasn't that bad i <laughs> like, love the fender meteora once it came yeah. out with a blue one and they stopped doing the telecaster loadout yeah 
dual humbuckers like and, and finally release that one with blue with a racing stripe i'm there i feel like they should people should start doing more racing stripes one of my favorite guitars is the mike campbell signature duesenberg mm -hmm. with the blue oh, wow. with the white racing stripes it's fantastic remember when john mayer did one with the racing stripe that's no? a special edition of his strat uh no. Kurt Cobain had a racing stripe on one of his models okay did he ever have a model out while he was alive no i think the jagstang he played was the prototype yeah and then he uh then passed he away yeah yeah but he will we'll just say it, he was murdered courtney love did it um but that's that's one of my favorite conspiracy <laughs> theories that i actually believe well so uh i watched john oliver last night and he did his whole long segment on um conspiracy theories and he threw out a stat that 50 percent of americans believe in some form of conspiracy theory and i was like that's not true and then i was like actually i do believe probably one or two of them if like they do come true yeah. i'll be like i knew it so. okay <laughs> we we have got to go to the next thing because i just saw it and i'm really freaking excited so harley benton adds the at24 tbk and the ft24 BK, bks to its headless Dulla handline. I didn't know that Harley Benton had headless guitars. Didn't they already do? Yeah, we talked about that. I feel like every other episode there's a Harley Benton. No, we we always talk about Harley Benton, but I didn't know they had a headless guitar line. Yeah, these are I, a little more '80s taste, like Steinberg kind of. Yeah. Style with them. Yeah, not I know the, they don't have the modern, modern thing. I'm hold on. I'm gonna. They have more modern I, ones. I want a headless guitar though. Ooh! Oh my gosh! I feel like if if you get a headless guitar, the dots have to glow in the dark. That's like a rule. How much is this one? Four twenty-five. And comes with a gig bag. So I think Diaz is buying a guitar. <laughs> what do you think of that kind of carve around the uh, the strap peg? You don't see it in the black, but when you go look at like a lighter colored model, you start to see that carve out around the bridge so you can get at the fine tuners. Cliff? Hold on. I'm trying to pull it up. <laughs> We've lost Diaz entirely. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, okay. Um, no, like he's still on the call. He's just not talking to me anymore or something. I, I don't see, know what's going on. I see. Um, let's see. I'm looking at it. Uh, strap peg. Let's see. Like if you go to if you're on their there website, we you go to the light blue model. It really shows up. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't really care for this at all. <laughs> This is not my thing. Um, not my thing at all. Want to revert back to the uh, like the Fender Mustang though? That Sienna Burst was like pretty amazing. Do you remember that one? Uh oh, I I do like that. Yeah, it's yeah. like a it's like closer to a two tone, but they it's it's um it's red and tan, not black towards the edge. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I that's think, a beautiful guitar. I think the PJ Mustang is going to do 
PJ Mustang base is going to do well too because short scale bases yes. people are yeah. all over right now. But yeah, uh, that I think gets us through the list, and we're at about an hour, so maybe we should just wrap this up. We we're going to talk about reverb, and it's kind of old news at this point. And you know what? This is what happens when a startup gets acquired, turns into a real business, and has to be sustainable and turn a profit. Yeah. Ta-da. And they'll say they're investing in their product and all those kind of things. And that's great. You know, and the other reality is this is an opportune time because every store in America closed. So the platform blew up. So they saw they're probably a bit of a time saying now is our chance to kind of advance the cause of online sales and get people adjusted to it because the prices of everything went up. Right. So. Well, it doesn't bother me. Um, as far as like, if I'm going to go sell it because I'll just sell it for a little bit more. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but I'm not going to be buying. I mean, if it jacks the price up and I can get it cheaper elsewhere, I'm not going to buy it there. If that makes sense. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you'll see it. That's the thing. And if, if you do see prices, like it, let's say the used market, every price goes up by five bucks to like react to it. You're going to see the market level itself out. Yeah. So and, and moreover, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if you see eBay now raise their fees to five percent too, because now they don't have to match. So. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it is what it is. Um, have you been to a guitar store through all this? No, um, I have not been in a store that was not a hardware or a grocery store, and okay. since March. Okay. And, well, well that's, actually, that's, that's not true. I, I bought a bike. Okay. So I went to the bike store. But um, I really, I mean, I I so rarely go to guitar stores as it is at this point. Like, uh, I mean, like pedals and things like that. I if if I'm interested, I buy it used at a price that I can fl I can resell and not lose money. Or between that and going to Nam, I kind of get my taste of everything. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'll go to Chicago Music Exchange a few times a year, you know, whatever, wander around. But it's just like, it's not like when I was like a teenager, like, oh, I want to go to Guitar Center all the time. It's just not like that anymore. Yeah, I, I'm like that too. And I think, I think a lot of that has to do with, um, you know, I'm not, what, like when I go to NAM, especially like Winter NAM mm -hmm. and like Fender and Unveils, like, you know what they're going to do this year and gibson the same thing and you know all the brands i don't feel like i have to rush out to my local retail and go try those things yeah um what i'm looking for at my local retail usually is maybe maybe sometimes like like there's a brand like ami you know that makes like uh gibson copy guitar like acoustics mm-hmm and like there's a local store that has those and i'll go try those out there because i can't get my hands on them anywhere else things like that but um i don't know it's it, the the digital thing really really does make the the anchor stores less appealing to go to and um i i don't know i don't know um I'm sure there will always be a place for a brick and mortar, but 
I think it's going to be so cutthroat because the, you know, I, I don't know if it's like enough market where, mm-hmm. you know, one in 1,000 people may frequent your store or some kind of ratio like that. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be in a large enough market. And then, you know, if you've got if you've got too many people in that same market competing, then they're all cutting into each other's business. So I think I think that's where, um, you know, like COVID, for instance, um, you know, does that make it unsafe to go to those stores? You know, they, those stores still got to make money if they're going to stay mm-hmm. open. Um, you know, I went I think I went once to pick up. I had a guitar repair and I went to go pick it up. And that's the only time I've been in a store. I think I bought some strings while I was there. Um, but they were kind of like even discouraging you from like picking up guitars and playing them, you know? Yeah. I I mean, so someone someone did a think piece on this and I thought they did a really nice explanation is the internet forums blew up when we announced, you know, the three to 5% selling fees. Yeah. And the reality is individual sellers only make up like a small percentage of what reverb does what made right. reverb so successful was they got entire stores on there yeah and so you had like uh pitbull audio sells through reverb very heavily mm-hmm. and you know and you mm-hmm. saw pro audio star and you saw all these other platforms where frankly like the rating systems and stuff like that made some stores even better um from an accountability standpoint um so that makes up the bulk of reverb sales it's not really us and so when we're complaining about all this kind of stuff saying oh i'll go to ebay or whatever it's as long as we're buying on that platform no one cares because they you watch how many of our our friends on the forums are always complaining about oh this guy screwing me over on a sale or you know those all all the hijinks that we're seeing you know on reverb and like reverb's just like yeah you know we'll just eat the costs whatever or here's a coupon you know like their solution to everything they're losing money on us left and right frankly yeah. from both a labor standpoint and actual physical money so um yeah it, it that this isn't really about us as the sellers like individual people as the sellers it's about the stores so so it's basically and in, instead of paying you know 50 to a hundred thousand dollars to launch a great website you can hop over on reverb and just pay some fees per item import your entire inventory store yeah yeah they'll they'll help you migrate and help you import your system like there's if you ever go into the seller functions there's like upload a spreadsheet of all your inventory kind of tools in there and like you and i don't use that Mm -mm. but that wouldn't that make a lot of sense actually um and i think i mean that's that's the whole thing like with this is um everything that we used to do is like there's a new normal so Mm -hmm. like business gravitating towards having a hybrid mix later of in-person and online instead of so heavily like in-person and requiring like foot traffic right mm-hmm. well so like I'll, I'll i think anderton's and chicago music exchange are good examples of that where they have like a showroom and mm-hmm. they exist as a normal guitar shop pretty well but at the same time they don't need to move the volume out of that showroom the way like a guitar center has to just move squires yes to, to justify their existence right and like why guitar center for example has it a, a lot of them have 
rearrange themselves to add lessons so that they get reoccurring people in and reoccurring income as part of their business model. Um, a, a lot of stores, at least this, this is my view here as a Chicagoan in the ritzy neighborhood. Um, we get a lot of anchor or flagship stores here where frankly okay. the store is a loss leader. So like I walk, I, I'm a few blocks away from like a Warby Parker store. You know, that historically it's an online glasses store, but they they decided to put a showroom in Chicago because they knew the foot traffic would come in enough that would then encourage more online sales. And that's how they that's how they established themselves. And that's why they have a store here. But like there's not going to be a Warby Parker in every town over a hundred thousand people. Right. The way right. there is a target in every city over a hundred thousand. You know what I mean? There's just not right. going to be that type of distribution. Um so I think there could be showrooms like that. Like I know like Mesa Boogie, for example, does a showroom and I don't think they actually make money off their in-person sales, you know, over in LA. Like there, there are those kind of examples. Gibson had, Gibson had something. I think they shut it down in Nashville where they were in, a, they just took the end store over in a mall and had a showroom there of all their stuff. You know, I remember that. Um, it was at the, um, Opry mills, I yeah. believe. Yeah. So I think you will see those where they, they look at their retail presence as a loss leader because they realize it's marketing for online sales. Like mm-hmm. I, You will see that, especially in the guitar world. And I think, to me, frankly, I hope that gets rid of some of the garbage that's there for guitar, like the Black Friday kind of guitars. I hope it starts getting rid of some of that junk and like you actually get to focus, like you can actually point people towards like, this is good. So therefore, only the companies that make good stuff survive. But yeah. See. Yeah. 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 You know, it'd be interesting to see like how this whole, I mean, we definitely have seen like this episode has been about all these things released, right? Mm -hmm. Where like normally, um, you know, Nam would be like the teaser for that. Yep. And without Nam, it's like these, it seems like all the big companies kind of just went on and marched on with their marketing anyways. And it didn't seem to, matter too much um i mean i haven't talked i've talked to some of the smaller guys and they said look uh demand is kind of high but i'm having trouble sourcing you know parts to manufacture Mm -hmm. so um i'm just wondering like since we've gotten this taste like of things can be different and retail can be different and music retail can be different like do you think that the market's going to like forever be different after this. Like once things get back to normal, uh, I think there's a shift that I think this really just accelerated a shift that was already happening. Yeah. Cause Nam became less store fronty, especially summer Nam, um, is really much about much more about just getting artists to look at your stuff and influencers in the media. Like, yeah. it, it became much more that. And so, and then, also the way public days are handled and things like that, it became much more about the average public. Cause you know, you hear stories before of like, I, I, I remember getting snuck into Nam one year under a manufacturer um, who will not be named. Uh, and just kinda, you know, I was just John Q whatever, like, and kinda had a hard time getting people's attention. But the minute they see, you know, have a podcast or whatever on your nameplate, that's when people start remembering your name and that's remember the, you know, all the relationships start because 
that's what manufacturers are realizing what they need why they need to go to nam is about the publicity and the pr side of it yeah and it's not as much about trying to get all the shops in for distribution and that kind of stuff like that part of the industry seems to have been figuring itself out mm-hmm. and also so many manufacturers can do direct sales now with the internet so i think it's shifted and i think this just accelerated that shift where like you're watching premiere guitar do interviews with all the builders live streaming it you know on their youtube channel right now to still kind of simulate the effect of what premiere guitar does for nam right so they're still trying right. to synthesize that because they well well one that's kind of a big driver of what premiere guitar does um especially with their online presence so losing that would kind of kill their channel um especially with no rig rundowns really being right the remote rig right. rundown is a little weird for them um so yeah i mean it, it's a pr event and that's what it is and i think what you'll see is possibly a bigger shift to that um and you might see more i i don't know if you'll see more or not of this of like uh chicago music exchange will do like pedal jam well they'll invite like six or seven manufacturers together and they'll do a mini nam with just the pedal builders because those rigs work so well in stores or or i also wonder like well you know like walrus audio just ship their nam pedal board to different stores and say it's with you for a week promote it locally yeah and you know that might be the new way things work i I, i'm not really sure um but you know you got to remember cliff you and i are not the normal (laughs) you and i don't get the normal experience no No. um and and i would say like i could see a day where freelance are are just guys who are like hobbyists you know like we are Mm -hmm. um it it, we the the key will be to well this guy has already got a very highly um, developed channel with this many subscribers mm-hmm. it's a safer bet to just mail him something in the mail not worry about going to nail we're gonna mail him a free demo and he's gonna promote it and we'll pay him for it and not worry about like having hype you know through the smaller channels I mean I could just see that happening um, yeah because the Nam booth is like I think a NAM presence plus a booth, you're looking at probably 20K, 20 plus K of investment. Yeah. Depending on how big you go. And I, I think I, I'm rounding down there. And I mean, like, there's like the joining the boutique showcase thing of like what, like, uh, Big Ear hosts for uh, Summer NAM and Del- is it Delicious Audio does for the winter? Yes. Uh, so, I mean, there's those mini booth kind of options or you shared, but even still, you're talking housing, you're shipping somebody, you're shipping product. You probably, you, you then can't sell that product because it's now used and, you know, all those other kind of things. Um, versus, I want to say a demo, a YouTube demo is like 500 bucks. Yeah, you could do, you so, know, dozens of those, the same yeah. price. Yeah. That seems to be the new, I mean, that seems to be better than doing magazine articles these days. So. Yeah. Yeah, for real. So. It's interesting. It'd be interesting to see. Um, I I don't know. I had bought a plane ticket to Winter Nail when uh, tickets got so cheap, mm-hmm. and um, I'm thinking that's probably not going to happen. Ah, uh, it's not happening, buddy. Yeah, I think that uh, even if the virus is done, for- I don't think they want the liability of another possible outbreak for at least a, a little while. I 
that's that's my opinion but yeah i think we'll be lucky to have summer nail next summer if that happens yeah we'll see so we'll see i mean i i've now got flight credits from my canceled flight to summer nam so <laughs> oh yeah well and ticket prices are actually dropping even further right now <laughs> man that's bad i haven't even checked because i'm just like i'm not going anywhere yeah yeah i've got a buddy in denver rates are low here rates are low in denver so i'm feeling a little more comfortable of maybe you know just getting out of town and checking that out because yeah. everyone in denver goes hiking they don't go to like crowded bars so you know those things aren't happening but um yeah we'll see I, I i just keep telling people and i don't want to be pessimistic but don't expect things to go back to normal things are going to be different for a while and you know we just gotta part of it is you just gotta find happiness in the new mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you if you're just constantly expecting everything to go back exactly the same you're setting yourself up probably to be disappointed because it's been long enough that i wouldn't expect everything to fall back into place no and and i think i think what's going to happen um it's like a lot of people are you're either going to have people really buckle down and like you know as musicians like hone their craft more or they're going to get disinterested because um they can do something else during this time you mm-hmm. know they're going to get dis- disinterested with music and focus the other things and so like um even the gear community like you know, if we pick back up in two or three years, like it's going to be a different crowd, you know, that's, that's going in them and mm-hmm. participating there because it's going to, it's going to weed out a lot of people who are, they just give up on it. Um, you know, or their, their attention's going somewhere else. And then there's going to be some companies that obviously don't make it. And, you know, it, it, it's be interesting time to see kind of like how that shakes up, um, the whole market in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's interesting for a few levels because, um, I'm at least noticing this in my crowd of, you know, having been involved in like, even just like playing music at church, really this time of no longer having a stage has really exposed the people who are doing it just to be acknowledged on a stage. Yeah. And you're watching like that, like, Oh, I'm not being knowledge. I'm not, I'm not worthy or like how that's affecting the ego versus like other people are like, man, I just miss playing music with my buddies. And like, you see both and you know, there's a good chance that every single person is, they're not, they're not all of one or all the other, you know, there's, there's a mix there. Like it's been humbling to me of like, Oh, well shoot. I don't feel worth anything to my church now because like I got so comfortable in my role of being this guitar player. And when they said, yeah. you know, hey, we're not going to do bands anymore. We're not going to do all this kind of stuff. It was like, well, shoot, that's my ego. Just blasted away. And I I wasn't really like, I wasn't like, I was never like center spotlight and I wasn't a flashy player or any of that. You know, I wanted to help other people and, you know, just communi- like communicating through music with somebody is a, if you get that, you know what I mean? Like as musicians, like when you have that yeah. with other people yeah non-musicians just don't get like you just like kind of just have this bonding experience with other people that just doesn't exist in any other place in the world for you and i'm sure other hobbyists have it in various different hobbies but like for me that's mine and so there's nothing like that and like 
you know, like my, my ex wasn't musical, you know? And so like, there was that weird thing where like, I had this relationship with other people that like this person I was thinking about marrying, we didn't share. Yeah. And it felt like there's a wall up when I was like, I'm, I'm passionate about music and she just didn't get it. You know? So, yeah, Yeah, it's, um, I, I know like for me, like the, I, um, you know, being the worship leader at my church, mm-hmm. um, I was going in every Sunday and we were live streaming and it was just, it got down to where it was just me for about eight weeks there. And the first couple of weeks, it was kind of fun because I didn't have to worry about rehearsing with a band or all the technical, you know, side of that. Like I could just get out there and play. And if I decided, Hey, I think I want to drift into this song. You know, you could because you're not worrying about a band following you. Mm-hmm. And so it was freeing for a couple of weeks. And then I really started to miss the band because it really felt so lonely because you were strictly performing. I mean, not performing, but you were strictly playing to an empty auditorium, to a camera, knowing that there might be somebody on the other end. But it was just very hard. It got to be very hard. And, um, when we just, you know, here in the South, we started reopening and the first Sunday, like we had a super huge energy with the band, you know, Mm. like it was just like, Whoa, wow. That, 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 that felt good. But what I've noticed now is like, there was such an, an excitement from people and it was a novelty to go back. But now, like, because of all the worry and, you know, people are getting it throughout the community and everything, like, people are getting kind of scared again to go to church. And so, you know, we're doing, like, three services a week. And it's like we're running, like, a third, basically, of what we are used to seeing in each service. Mm. And so it, it's kind of like, it's weird. It's like, wow, I've got to get, I, I need to come out here and give it all I've got because these people are here. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you, if you focus on what it used to be, um, there's, there's definitely, you have to kind of work that because there's not a lot of gratification from it. It's more like I'm here to serve these people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gearing up to start where, you know, we can have groups of 10 or whatever. I, I think yeah. the number's higher here in Chicago. Um, but I mean, we were hoping in August to start reconvening as a, as a congregation. And frankly, I don't think it's going that direction right now. Right. Um, and then the other reality is like, are we like, are we looking at another winter of this? So, you know, what are we looking at? And we don't know. So I'm starting to think about like, all right, house church, what do we do? You know? And then all right, if I host house church, am I going to get other musicians like going, why are you inviting me to play at house church? And you know, like there'll be those kind of things. And I'll be like, <laughs> yeah. I just don't yeah. like, that's what's stopping me from doing it right now. Cause I'm just, I'm so tired of keeping together other people's egos at this point that yeah. I'm j- I just want to be like, you know what? Maybe you, this, this is a good time for you to sit on the bench, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. But and it's, it's, it's a weird time. And, um, you know, I th- like I heard where Andy Stanley, like a lot of people gasped when I think it was, it was a week or two ago. He was like, we've just canceled our services for the foreseeable future, for the, at least the rest of the year, because every time we would get close to opening back up, mm-hmm. things would 
happen. And it's like, we can't just keep spending all of our energy about, oh, we're going to open up. But like, you got, you think about like, if you open up two weeks into it, you might be shut down again. Right. And yeah, it's and from like, a financial standpoint, like, are you investing in like all of these like safety measures that you're only going to get to use like once or twice? Or so is that a, is that a productive use of your income or, I mean, right, the, the flip right. side is like our, we watched everyone cameras and streaming and audio interface equipment all sold out across the country <laughs> and yeah. everyone's rushing to be like, how do I hook up an iPhone to stream my service? You know, at all these, on all these message boards to just, yeah. so say you make that 50, dollars $200,000 investment that you kind of need to do to really broadcast well. And the training and all that stuff that's going to take, it's going to take a month or two to get that all up and running and trained with volunteers and, and then turn around with, Hey, we're opening next week. So what are we going to stop broadcasting? You know, like you have all those fears of like, yeah. Investing in the wrong direction just to turn direction, change directions. So, yeah. And that's the way I felt like, I felt like by the time we finally got it worked out, we were launching again. And, Mm -hmm. um, what I what I was watching to see is if like people would still continue to watch, and 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 what I found, and of course we're streaming like on three different platforms, mm-hmm. and so what I've noticed that's happening is we're like ebbing and flowing. So like, um, one week it might be up, and then the next week it's down, and it's it's kind of like, I mean, it's really kind of like church attendance. You know, it's up and down. Yeah. And, I mean, it and is summer again. So, you know, I mean, that was when people are starting to go to cabins again. And you're starting to see some of those kind of people are starting to think about vacations. And, you know, attendance at everything during the summer drops. Like, that's yeah. that's normal everywhere. Yeah. It's it, it's just, it's weird. Um, it's a weird dynamic. And I think schools are supposed to start back in like two weeks from now here. That soon? And, yes. And I'm just wow. like. I feel like a bomb is going to go off, you know, if <laughs> I'm just like, if is this going to be the test to see if we're going to see massive amount of spread or not, mm. like even more than we have now. Um, because when that happens, I think you're two or three weeks into it. You're going to know real quick if this is going to work or not. Well, not knock on wood, the whole legends of like kids being barely affected by it continues. Cause you know. I, I hope so. But you know, that doesn't mean they can't carry it and bring it home to grandma or yeah who knows so yeah we're we're talking about that with our family too of like when kids go back to school will we get together like because i'm you know my dad has diabetes and he's nearly 70 yeah so like you know when i went and visited them a few weeks ago i got a covid test before i went we're so far off topic at this point it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know if we were recording or not anymore no, no. <laughs> this is gonna be a long episode it's, it's just gonna be what it is uh no yeah we're you know uh, I just, I just replaced my computer cause you know, I already worked from home. So I was like, all right, I'm going to invest in work from home rig a little bit more. And so like, there you go. my sister is going to decide she's going to do online only with her kids. Cause one of my nephews is a very high risk medical candidate. And so, okay. you know, we're just being careful. And so like, I'm like, well, here's, here's another computer for you guys. Cause you need to figure this out. And so now we're talking those kind of things of like, um, you know, getting the technology to people and all that kind of stuff. So. I don't know. I, I will say this, going back to the original kind of concept of this, with so many people sitting on the bench or just at home with themselves right now, I think people are really deluding themselves of how easily it's going to be just to pick up and make music again. 
Yeah. And uh, that first week back or two, I think everyone's going to be like, yeah, we're just going to be able to do like a show up Sunday morning. We already know the songs in play and it's going to be a disaster. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And you need to treat your first Sunday back like it's Easter where you do like three rehearsals and, you know, it's Good Friday or it's it's Easter or it's Christmas. Like this is the service you need to put the extra work in for because you're I, I think we're fooling ourselves if everything's just hopping back to normal and it's just like hopping on a bike. Yeah, very, very true. I, I agree. I can agree with that. And your your pool's gonna your pool of volunteers is going to be different when you come back. It just is. So. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Well, let's. Uh, should we land this plane? Yeah, let's land it. All right, you got you got to get back inside. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us on, on behalf of Diaz, who unfortunately his internet dropped out on him. He was texting me while we were chatting. Um, for Clifton here. Uh, thanks for joining us for this week. I don't normally close our episodes, so this is going to be rocky. You can join our Facebook group over at facebook.com slash group slash the effects loop. You can follow us on Instagram, see the mind of Diaz at work when he feels like posting on that and uh, his sense of humor come to life. Sometimes it's pretty fun. Um, if you like our show, want to see us do more things with it when things like Nam and things like that come back, you can donate to our Patreon. Uh, at, there are certain tiers. I don't have them memorized because Diaz created all of them. But uh, at a certain tier, you get to join a private chat room with us, the hosts, where you get to ask us anything all the time. And honestly, it's my favorite place in Facebook right now. Um, just because we have a real good community there and everyone's pretty cool. Um, and then the last first thing we got to talk about is Westminster Effects, who is our sponsor this week. Diaz was talking about the Dually, which is a fantastic uh blues breaker style dual overdrive that you don't have to wait for a long time to get unlike some other dual blues breaker style pedals so go check them out they have a great line of afford frankly very affordable very reliable and great artwork that's sometimes tongue-in-cheek um pretty fun there uh and then last thanks for joining us clifton uh for those who are not familiar with you uh you want to give a quick plug to all the things you're doing Sure. Um, listen, I'm back at it again, um, doing episodes. Um, I've kind of changed the direction of the show a little bit. It's a little bit less about guitar and, and, and gear. It's more about conversations and other musicians, but, um, it's kind of taking a different, uh, turn, but, uh, I'm really proud of the last several episodes that, uh, we've had on the show and so go check them out at clifton worley show uh, that's in all the mediums that uh people enjoy podcasts at and so i'd appreciate it and uh go check out my facebook group uh i like to um that's kind of where we let our head hair down and kind of just talk about biscuits and gravy and sweet tea and all things uh clifton worley so i'm going to be hitting you up for a b's and g's recipe once things get a little cooler over here because it's been a while yeah well um i um i love some breakfast food so yeah i i i haven't eaten breakfast in a month and a half so i miss it wow, wow. yeah intermittent yeah. fasting you just basically skip breakfast and you lose weight that's pretty <laughs> awesome well i i should i should try that myself but uh <laughs> I... <laughs> well with all that uh thanks for joining us this week we'll see you guys next week hopefully we'll have everybody back together and if and you know uh, anything you want to talk about with the show, join our Facebook group, chat with us, reach out. We'll see you soon. Take care, everybody.
I think I'm gonna mess with everyone one week. I'm gonna say I'm Jonathan. Remember, like, who the hell is that? <laughs> be great, Johnny Diaz. Oh, by the That's way, my, my joke when you were watching uh, Game of Thrones, and I was like, you know nothing, Johnny Diaz. Yes, that was that, that was really clever, and I think that makes more, you know, acknowledgement. Well, Jess has like said it to me before, so we kind of came in second there, buddy. No, no, I came up with that. Okay, congratulations. Fantastic. Never heard it before. <laughs> changed, changed my life. Uh, all right, well, we'll just talk about Game of Thrones this week. Sounds great. Describe to me Game of Thrones since I've not okay. watched it. Okay, so Game of Thrones, imagine you, you, there's a show and all the main characters keep dying and the side characters take over the main storyline and you yell at the screen a lot because all of your favorite characters keep dying and the people you used to hate became people you like and then as soon as you like them they die ah okay scott was that pretty close i mean that's one of the that's one of the essential things that i think made that show really was it keeps you keeps you stuck in yeah Yeah, everyone is vulnerable no one has plot armor (sighs) today i was yelling at my tv i was just yelling kill him kill him kill him (laughs) all right